Welcome to the Random Wellness Podcast with your host, Nicole Van Quaito, nutritionist, owner, Simply Nick, and taco enthusiast. Join me each week for all things random wellness, including intuitive nutrition, entrepreneurship, holistic living, good vibes, and a dash of woo-woo. I hope this podcast gives you a good laugh, teaches you something new, and helps you up-level your health. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy today's episode. and welcome back to the Random Wellness Podcast. During today's episode, you will get to hear from the lovely, talented, very knowledgeable Rachel Hunt, also known as Freedom Rach on Instagram. Rachel is a business and mindset coach and she works with women who have businesses and helps them basically, you know, build their freedom life. So during today's episode, we chatted a lot about, you know, money mindset, uh, manifestation, some of the practices that she does um, with her clients to help them get through those blocks, such as um, tapping, um, you know, hypnotherapy, uh, all of that good stuff. So honestly, we could have chatted for so long. And I know I've said that about other guests too, but like, literally, we could have chatted just like for another whole hour just about like manifestation, which we didn't even get to until like the last probably five or 10 minutes, which is kind of funny. But uh, Rachel, yeah, she was so amazing to have on the podcast. And the one thing I really like about her is that she is so open about her personal journey and like what has led her to the business that she has today and some of the blocks that she's experienced, um, some of the lows, the highs, everything in between. And she's just so transparent about that, which is really refreshing because I think it's hard to sometimes, you know, be like, can I do this? Can I get to that point? Um, and you can, like she shares, you know, that it wasn't like an easy process. Um, so if you're kind of in that space, maybe you're in a low, maybe you've had similar experiences in the past. Um, she just is really great at opening up and sharing that side of her journey. So I really appreciate her doing that and also just sharing so much knowledge around the different practices that she has um, for her own personal growth, but also the clients that she serves. So you guys are going to love this episode. I know you will because um, we touch on a bunch of different things. And yeah, let me know if you are into these sorts of topics. I feel like I would love to even dive deeper on the manifestation piece. So um, always feel free to send me an email at info at simplynicknutrition.com or send me a DM on Instagram at simplynicknutrition. And yeah, I'd be happy to kind of delve deeper into some of these topics. So enjoy today's episode and I will see you on the other side. Okay, first hard hitting question. What is your favorite food? Oh my God, that's <laughs> a hard question. <laughs> No. Okay. You know what my actual, like I've, I've actually like thought about this question. Like what would like my final meal ever be? Yeah. I love, I like love lasagna and Caesar salad. And I feel like that's not like something I would eat every single day, but I, that is like the most like comforting meal ever. Mm-hmm. I feel like it reminds me of like my dad growing up. Like he would like make, like that would be like one of his, like, I don't know, like go-to meals. So yeah probably gluten actually no yeah gluten-free of course gluten-free and like mostly dairy-free right <laughs> love that like i'll do some cheese but definitely wouldn't do the gluten so a gluten-free lasagna just like a dabble of cheese <laughs> yeah like a little bit of parm doesn't hurt anyone yeah uh, but i don't want to be bloated for days so exactly. let's, let's be reasonable here yeah <laughs> love that um what is your favorite color i think like that's so okay. It's like a purple. I think okay. I love like shades of purple. But I was with my nephew. I'm laughing because I was with my nephew on the weekend. Okay. He's four years old. And he's like, My favorite color is blue. What's yours? Is he is your favorite color blue? And I was like, Yeah, my favorite color is blue, like just like a green with him. But I'm like, that's actually not my favorite color. <laughs> For my cute little nephew, I couldn't disagree with him. I was like, Yeah, that's mine too. Yeah. Um, but my actual favorite color is like, yeah, I lo- I've always loved like shades of purple. Like mm. I'm actually wearing purple pants right now. I'm wearing like a okay. lilac color, um, like yoga, yoga set. So <laughs> <Love that. laughs> 
Um, so yeah, for the record, it's not blue, but. <laughs> yeah, by the way, sorry, Carson, breaking yeah. your heart here. <laughs> it is purple. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That's so good. Um, favorite place you've traveled? Ooh. The first place that came to mind was Bali. Okay. So I feel like I'm going to go with that. Okay, fair. Yeah, I yeah. feel like I was watching your adventures when yeah. you've been. Yeah, it looks amazing. And if I, like, daydream, like, I feel like I'm always kind of, like, transported to Bali, you know? Like, when you're just, like, especially right now because we're not really able to travel. Yeah. Um, When I go into, like, yeah, when I go into, like, a daydream about, like, traveling, it's, like, usually – Bali where I find that I'm like uh, going to yeah it's so special there it really is yeah I hope to go one day sounds yeah no you will go one day if you yeah. want to go you go yeah yeah exactly we'll get into all of that too yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> um where's the next place you want to travel Hawaii okay yeah amazing yeah um favorite book or author like of all time or even just like someone like recently that you've been enjoying well, lately, I, yeah, I feel like it's kind of hard to answer, like, favorite author, because I think I have, like, I have so many favorite books, but all from different authors, but yeah. recently, I have been reading um, Joe Dispenza, so I finished his mm -hmm. book, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, and now I'm on to his book, Becoming Supernatural, so I feel like there's a bit of a Joe Dispenza theme in my life right now, um, so I'm going to go with that. Okay, fair. Yeah, I read um, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. I wish I listened to it on audiobooks. I feel like I would have like digested it a lot better. Mm -hmm. And I actually just downloaded Becoming Supernatural on my iPad. So that's oh. like my reads in the next few weeks. Yeah, I just tucked into it, I think a couple nights ago I started. So I'm still, yeah, like yeah. not far into it. But um, yeah, I'm excited. Nice. Okay. What is your morning routine? Okay. So my morning routine, I will say I like give myself permission to switch it up, but I'll give yeah. like, yeah, I'll give like what a typical morning routine. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I'll actually, I'll just share what I did this morning. So I woke yeah. up and I actually started with a tapping sequence. Um, I've been tapping almost, I would say every single day for the past couple months. Um, I've tapped on and off for, I would say like a couple years, but I've been more consistent lately. I don't know why necessarily. I'm just drawn to it right now. Mm. Um, so I started with the tapping sequence. Um, sometimes I make up my own, especially if I'm like, like yesterday, for example, I did a live and I whipped one together, um, like a custom one. But this morning I followed um, a YouTube uh, sequence from Gala Darling. Hers are amazing. I love hers. Um, yeah, hers are dope. Um, and then I went into a meditation. So I've been listening to this guided meditation that a client of mine prepared for me after we did like a hypnotherapy session. Okay. And that's what I've been listening to for the past week. But this morning I was feeling very called to just sit in my own uh, meditation without any sort of guided prompts. So I did that. I sat actually for like 17 minutes, which was kind of nice because um, I just kind of like let myself be and, and mm -hmm. let my meditation go as it was meant to. And then, and then I journaled after. So almost every single day, again, that's something that I'm very um, consistent with. Uh, again, like sometimes I'll miss a day here or there, but you know, I like doing it just to like set my tone for the day, especially if anything came up from my meditation mm -hmm. or anything that's come up perhaps from the day before. It just allows me to kind of brain dump a bit. Um, and then I'll do gratitude or like abundance tracking. So really just like, yeah, being intentional with, um, with what my energy is, being intentional with like, you know, how I'm feeling and yeah, just being aware, like, uh, like, giving awareness to all the abundance and, you know, all the things that I have to be grateful for because abundance comes to a grateful heart. So that's something I'm, I'm yeah, actively intentional about. Love that. I feel like that's like a good segue because I'm sure we'll touch on a few of the things that you mentioned um, that are part of your team, like the tapping, the hypnotherapy, but I'd love for you to share a little bit more about yourself and like that journey that's led you to the business that you have today. Cause I know like I've been following you for like a while. So I know like, personally some of that transition but I'd love to hear yeah. from you like you can go as far back as like your childhood if you want like yeah. whatever you want <laughs> how long do we have that might take a while yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um 
yeah okay so i'll i'll go back um like a few years so i graduated university uh work corporate hated corporate bounced from like company to company never felt fulfilled never felt satisfied friends of mine were fulfilled and satisfied i was like what the heck is wrong with me Mm -hmm. I'm flawed. I, I'm not, you know, like it was so confusing for me because I just couldn't get my footing in, in the corporate world. And so that's when I started kind of looking for a passion project, a little side hustle, tried a few things, nothing really worked. And it was when I was diagnosed with celiac quite a few years ago now, uh, that my whole world kind of pivoted. And I think in the pivot of me navigating a completely gluten-free life, uh, which I think I was like 24 at that time. So, you know, 24 years of my life, I'm eating all the damn bread and all the carbs and, you know, loving it. And, you know, when you can no longer eat it, it's like challenging. It was just a big uh, transition for me. So I was looking for a lot of answers uh, that weren't, you know, or yeah, that just weren't being answered. Like there were, there, there weren't, um, there were resources for gluten-free living and eating and all that, but not specific to what I was looking for. And I was looking specifically, I would say in Toronto and like surrounding area. So I created a resource and that's really where I got my, um, introduction to the online space. Mm -hmm. I had a marketing background and I was kind of specializing in like social media marketing uh, for businesses because this was like way back when like Facebook and Instagram were, were no, when Instagram was just becoming a thing and, and social media was being recognized as like a business tool. So I was kind of at like the forefront of that. Um, and so then I was like, Hey, cool. Like I can create my own kind of like, you know, platform, um, online. So I created this gluten-free resource, which became very, very popular. It was called Gluten Freedom, which you'll sense is theme here. Freedom is a big theme in my life. And it was, you know, for dining, traveling, cooking, uh, and just really living gluten-free. And it applied to, you know, people who had celiac, people who were gluten intolerant, and really anyone who was choosing to be or, or eat gluten-free for any number of reasons gained quite a bit of attention and popularity. And I think that was kind of, maybe that's where you started following me. I'm not really sure. Probably, Um, yeah. Yeah, like gluten freedom days. And I think a lot of people who follow me still have followed me from the gluten freedom days. So um, yeah, yeah, that's how I got my footing. And, And it was amazing because I, what, what sparked me starting the platform was I was calling a lot of restaurants. I was emailing, calling, showing up, being like, what can I eat? And I wanted to be able to share this information with others. Cause I'm like, why isn't anyone else doing this? Like, hello, like, you know, there's such a missed opportunity, even though the gluten-free market is smaller than the overall general public, like it's still a very strong tight knit community. So I became kind of like this pioneer in that space of sorts. Um, where I was helping people. And that's where I really discovered that I loved helping people. I loved serving other people. And as time went on, um, I started expanding my, my brand. So I realized at one point, I'm like, I'm more than just the food I eat. So I wanted to share more of myself and my life. And I was into wellness. I was into spirituality. Um, and I, and I've always loved business. I've always had this like, you know, business acumen. And so I, I just was, wanting to express myself more fully. And so that's when I transitioned um, into more lifestyle. Gluten-free was still a part of it. Like that was, that's always, it's still a part of it. But it just wasn't like the forefront of my brand and forefront of my platform. Um, And then I, oh man, like, yeah, I guess like I eventually just transitioned and, and started to just like being more called to focusing on business. So there was a period, so from like me quitting corporate, I guess I didn't mention that part. I decided to quit corporate when I was diagnosed celiac, never looked back. Um, In the interim, I started just serving. It was amazing at that time in my life because I was able to work on my blog in, you know, during the day and then work at night and, you know, make good money with tips. And so it served me for a few years and then I eventually got fired from serving. And this was kind of like the universe pulling. Yeah, I got fired from a serving job, um, which is so funny because I'm just like, I didn't even love serving, but I guess that was the universe giving me the nudge that I wasn't doing on my own and was like, 
girl, like you're meant for more. You're not taking the action. So here, we're going to push you at the door. Um, and I'm so grateful that happened. You know, I can look back now and, and you know, see the greater lesson and greater gift in it. But at the time I was like, I'm broke. My business is not, or my blog is not making me any money yet. And you know, what the hell am I going to do? And that actually was a pivotal moment. I should, I should just mention that yeah. when I got fired from that job, it was the kick in my pants that I needed to start monetizing the, the business or the blog and start to recognize it as a business. And that's when I really started coming into my own, when I really started, you know, I guess, recognizing my skill set and seeing like, wait, like I've been doing so much free thankless work, but yet I'm putting so many restaurants and so many brands on the map. Like my influence is more powerful than I'm giving myself credit for. And that's when I started leveraging that and, and making money from it. And so quit corporate or sorry, I uh, got fired from the serving job. And then I uh, took like a a digital marketing job. I was working at an agency and I did that for a couple years. But in that time, again, this was like a major lesson or a major mm, growth period for me because I was able to apply all these other things that I was learning from this agency to my business, to these freelance gigs that were coming my way. And again, that's when I realized like, shit, like I'm really good at this. I'm going to spread my own wings and work for myself fully 100% once and for all like it was really like so i've had these like weird like i don't want to say weird i've had these different chapters in my journey but they all you can kind of see how they all you know yeah. lead to where i'm at now so fully working for myself had some freelance gigs um and i was wanting to help other influencers at first because so many people were doing exactly what i was doing working for free talking about brands for free you know, not leveraging or monetizing their brands and not knowing how to. So I started working in a coaching capacity to help these people make money, you know, help these influencers and these experts uh, in, you know, different, I, I was focusing mostly on wellness. So like helping them to make money because I believe we can make money doing what we love. Right. And um, so that's how I started. And then I just fell even deeper in love with helping people. And then it expanded from just, you know, influencing to just helping them build businesses and build um, programming and offer services so that they were making money on their own terms, not just relying on influence or, you know, like brand deals. Right. And then that, you know, led me to um, my own mindset journey, which up until this point, I was meditating. I was you know, navigating my own spiritual and mindfulness journey. But when you become an entrepreneur, nobody really tells you that you're going to be faced with a lot of your own shit and like a lot of like the blocks and resistance that you've been able to like suppress and just like, you know, get around for a while comes like rearing its ugly head. And so I had to deal with a lot of my own shit, you know, my money mindset blocks, um, my scarcity, my lack, um, my limiting beliefs, like, my worthiness, like shit, like it's been years and years and thinking, um, be where I'm at now. But, but that's really what led me to become an NLP practitioner, which is studying the subconscious mind, um, working with the mindset in a deeper way and weaving that into my personal life, but then extending that, that into my business. So I launched freedom school. That's like my now, uh, or sorry, that's now my, my business. Gluten freedom is still live, but I'm not active on it at all. It's just, I'm right. keeping all the information up there. It's still a resource people can go to, but my baby is now freedom school. Freedom still being the theme here. And under the freedom school umbrella, I've got, you know, different offers and different programs um, that range from just mindset to business and mindset, um, build your business and then up leveling your business. So I'm helping women at different stages in their journey, but a lot of it is focus in mindset because I don't think strategies and systems are the be all and end all of our success. I in fact think your mindset is the number one determinant of your success. And so I work with women um, with releasing blocks and resistance around their ability to succeed and around their ability to make really fucking good money. And, um, 
and then we can implement some systems and strategies and then they just flow a lot easier. So yeah, um, now I'm a business and mindset coach. That's what I focus on. Um, and really I just, I, I kind of like look back and I'm like, everything just kind of felt like, I don't want to say fell into my lap because there's been work around it, but I've been divinely guided to where I'm at now through a series of mishaps, rock bottoms, unfortunate events that really have been the, the universe pushing me to, um, yeah, serve in a, in a different capacity, but a much more meaningful way. Oh, love that. Thank you for sharing your story. Yeah. One of the things that I actually like, was potentially going to ask you anyways, but you kind of mentioned in your own personal journey was getting over the fear of the unknown. So what was that like for you? Because obviously you like left corporate and then you got fired from your serving job. And yeah. then like obviously leaving that other job to like really go like full on with your business. Um, like what are some tips, like what was that like for you, but also like what are some tips that you can suggest to people? Because I think I'm going to speak to women specifically, because I think mostly women listen to this podcast and you work with women, but like, how do people like, how do you say like, almost like take that leap? You know what I mean? Cause it's not easy. Like obviously you just shared that, like there was a lot of ups and downs during that process. And I'm assuming like when you like quit or got fired, you weren't like, Oh, this is great. Like, yeah. Oh, hell no. I'm so ready. You know what I mean? So like, what was that like for you? Yeah. Oh, that's a really good question because I feel like there's not just like one straight way of, of providing support with that because my journey is so different from someone else's. Mm-hmm. Like when I decided to just like up and quit my corporate job, there were, there were months and months leading up to that. Um, it wasn't an ideal situation. In fact, it was quite, quite a, it was a uh, yeah it was quite an un, like intense and very stressful environment i was in mm-hmm. so my diagnosis with celiac was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back like okay. it was leading up to it um and a- again like i was support i was able to because of the situation i will be fully transparent because of the environment i was in i was able to actually claim unemployment mm-hmm. um usually when you quit you're you're not able to, but like you can prove that the circumstances in the situation weren't improving and you tried to improve it, which I did. Um, I was able to clean it. So for me, a, I had savings. So I definitely recommend like have a buffer, like savings in my opinion, I've always, even when I left my, my, um, even when I left my like digital marketing job, I had savings. Like there were, you know, like I I could see ahead to money that was coming in, for example, from the freelance gig. But in my mind, I'm like, I will be able to survive on my savings alone for X number of months. Um, Same with the corporate job. I had saved quite a bit and I, you know, my worst case was like, you know, I'll be able to like ride out these savings for a few months. So that, that was like my safety net. So I'm, you know, I understand like not everyone may be able to save a boatload, um, you know, because maybe they've got debts or maybe they've got, you know, a lot of expenses. Um, but you know, I don't recommend just doing it blindly. Um, I think in my case and the type of person I am, I do, I am a blindly optimistic person with is good and bad and I, I can make really like snap just like quick snap decisions um and, and I think that works has always worked out for me but um I, I don't actually recommend that for my clients so I always you know whether you have savings and you're capable of having savings or you're able to just you know set yourself up with a side hustle or a side gig so that you're making you know enough money that you would be able to support yourself, you know, even if it's a little bit less than what you're making corporate, um, you know, maybe you're not quite matching that income, but like be responsible about it. You know, I, I'm all for taking quantum leaps and I'm all for taking big, messy, uncertain action, but I'm also for don't be irresponsible with your action taking. There's a difference, you know, there's a, there's, there's absolutely a difference. And yes, I've taken quantum leaps and yes i've taken messy uncertain action but i've also been responsible about it and i would never want to put myself in a position or a situation where i'm in a bind like that to me is is more uncomfortable than um than staying exactly where you're at so 
I don't know if that quite answers it, but in my like series of, um, you know, unfortunate events where I've like left corporate, it was because it was a really shitty situation and I was fortunate to have EI. When I was fired from serving, actually that was like a pretty big rock moment, rock bottom moment because I didn't have a ton of savings. I was being, I was actually being a little irresponsible. And so I then, and this is a big thing I've been thinking about lately, I was very resourceful because I think a lot of more people can resonate with that chapter of my life where, you know, maybe right now, if you are in hospitality and you have been forced to not work because of COVID, or maybe you've been laid off from your job because of COVID, or maybe your hours are reduced or whatever the heck situation you're in. Um, and you're like, oh man, I didn't have time to prepare financially for this. Um, I became very resourceful and I started looking at my skill sets. And this is where I really started to leverage. Like I know X, Y, Z, and I'm going to take XYZ skill set and I'm going to turn this into money and I'm going to, you know, do whatever it takes to make some money. And you know what? I'm also going to take some shitty odd end jobs because I don't want to rely on, you know, the little savings I have. I don't want to put myself in a tight bind. I don't want like, and I, and I really think this message right now is so important is this resourcefulness. We are resourceful humans. We are resilient humans. So many people are, are living in this victim mode and do not be a victim. Be at cause for your life. If you're living in effect, you're never going to get out of the hole you're in. You're always going to be spiraling down. But if you live at cause and you realize like, okay, well, you know what? Yes, this happened to me. But like maybe look within and be like, you know what? Going forward, here's how I'm going to proceed differently. We can use our resourcefulness. I think we cut ourselves. I think that's the, like, the thing is like we're cutting ourselves short. You know, we're, we're not seeing our gifts and our greatness and our potential. And that's why I think I get so riled up about it because it's, it's not, I'm not saying like, oh, like you're bad with your money and oh, like, you know, you're just sitting on your ass. I don't think people are just sitting on their ass, but I just don't think they're recognizing their own gifts and their own potential. And that's what I did at my rock bottom moment is I started to recognize my gifts and my potential. And that led me to where I'm at today. Like that literally sparked my entrepreneurial endeavors and monetizing my business and seeing the value and worth in what I do. And that was kind of like the, you know, the ripple effect. And then the last phase, you know, yeah, I had some freelance gigs lined up for, for that. But in that phase, because of my rock bottom moment, I've been very intentional and very diligent about saving, saving, but still having a good time in my life, but saving nonetheless. And sometimes that means sacrificing. Sometimes that means you know, foregoing nights out with friends, foregoing, you know, a shopping trip, foregoing some of the more, you know, luxe things in life. But if that's what it's going to take to get you into a financial position that feels good, then do it. Because then, and this is where I'm at now, now I can enjoy these luxuries. Now I can enjoy, you know, these finer things in life, but believe I have sacrificed a lot. And coming from a rock bottom moment, it's taught me to become even more responsible with my finances um, and to be more responsible in making these like big decisions. Oh, I love this. I'm so, well, thank you also for being so transparent about all yeah. that because I, and this is just like my own observation, but I see like on social media, like coach, I'm just gonna use the word coaches. as like a generalization, but like a lot that are like, Oh, quit your job. And like, you'll make like, x figures and blah 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 but like we're also humans and like i think they're we have to be like realistic and like i know i'm like so far on the other end like i'm a capricorn who like is like like you know what i mean like, <laughs> like checking the boxes so like i know i'm too far on the other end but like not a lot of people talk about like no like you you should have some savings and you know yeah. it's not going to be easy and like you might have to make sacrifices in terms of like shopping and like going out but like if it's your passion like it's going to be worth it but I think yeah. I know we just like hear a lot on social media it's like all right like quit your job and like make five just buy all the dollars in your first week yeah, yeah. Like, no you had a you had a journey too to get there like yeah. let's not forget totally. that right yeah I think that's really important to yeah like 100% I think it's important to and that's why I totally went on that rant about the like rock bottom moment because like, guys, like I haven't had a silver platter. You may see where I'm at today in my journey and be like, Oh, like she's got this 
whatever life, whatever your perception is of it. But know that I've come from like very low lows in my life and I've had to work back up. And that low, low point in my life was four years ago. And so for four years, I've been growing and evolving and healing and, um, you know, and I don't think that it necessarily has to take everyone four plus years. Yeah. I, and, and that's kind of why I create the programs that I do, yeah. because I, I, I always think like I've had to go through the trenches as much as I have so that others don't have to, I paved this way. Um, but like, yeah, I think the journey is, is the beautiful part of it because then you can look back and be like, wow, I was able to overcome that. And if you're in this position where like you are relying on say serve, for example, or, you know, you know, and you're stressing that it's running out, like you have a month, I believe I, I'm pretty sure like I've heard yeah. it's like ending in October. Yeah. So if it, if, if that's the case, you guys have like, you know, a few weeks to start looking within and be like, what am I fucking good at? What do I love doing? And what am I good at? And how can I monetize this? How can I be, or, or how can I be resourceful? Right? Like, how can I, and what sacrifices, you know, can I make? And that's like, not necessarily what I, what I preach with the freedom life, but I do believe on the journey, some sacrifices can be made on your way to like, and this is more like if you're in a financial bind right now, like, yeah, yeah. you know, like if you're feeling a little stuck and you're feeling a little like restricted, like, you know, maybe it's about making some sacrifices or, you know, maybe and my number one advice would just become resourceful and really like recognize your own gifts. Like that I think is going to change the game for you because you're, you're gifted. You have so much potential. And I want people to wake up and realize that versus sleeping and being on this autopilot and, you know, just being kind of like led by the man, you know, like we can create as much abundance as we desire, but we have to make that choice. Love that. Um, kind of on that note, one thing that I want to dive into a little bit deeper was around money mindset. I know that's like a big part of the work that you do. Um, can you maybe even just like step back and just kind of explain like what that kind of is? Cause I'm, I feel like it's probably like talked about a lot on social media and people are like, what exactly does that mean? But also like, how do you work with clients to overcome like blocks and things like that? Yeah. So, I mean, money mindset is, yeah, kind of like this blanket term, but I think ultimately it's like healing traumas, healing past stories, limiting beliefs, negative emotions that are, um, and fears perhaps that are, are, um, blocking the flow of money or abundance or prosperity or whatever you want to call it to you because, uh, money is just energy. And, you know, I think we're conditioned and taught in our Western society that money, um, comes from someone or something. So for example, from the government right now, or from your boss or from your, maybe your parents, but you know, money, money comes to us. That's a channel that, that money flows to us. It's not the source of money. The source of money is infinite. The source of money is energetic. And so money mindset and how I teach it is through deep subconscious reprogramming and rewiring. So understanding, you know, what you were taught and what you learned about money from a young age, um, you know, different events in your life that have played a significant role in how you view money. Um, and, um, and then also teaching on the energetics around it, because you could be super broke right now, hitting a rock bottom moment, but, and this, this actually was a big piece for me. Um, when I hit my rock bottom moment, I picked up this book my mom had. Um, and again, I feel like it was divinely led to this and it was called, uh, manifest your life by Wayne Dyer. Okay. And the key theme in that book was gratitude. And so you could have like, I don't know, $500, you know, savings in your account, everything, you know, you have $500 to your name or even less. And, and I think I had maybe like a thousand or 1500 to my name at that point in my life. And I started just expressing gratitude for every single thing, everything, my eyesight, you know, my, I don't even know, like my body, my, you know, whatever, like 
uh, I was just looking at everything in my life, like things that were external, things that were internal. I just started uh, expressing gratitude. And in that period, I would say one to two months time, my life dramatically started changing. It was that quick. It was that effective. And I teach my clients to feel more abundant and it comes from gratitude. It comes from appreciation of where you're at. Even if where you're at isn't where you want to go, you have to be grateful and appreciative of what you have and where you're at now. And I believe money mindset is really just about, um, yeah, it's like an abundant mindset. It's shifting you from that lack and scarcity where if you feel like everything in your life is going against you and you're, you know, focusing on how everything in your life is going against you, well, guess what? You're going to get more evidence that everything is going against you. Whereas when you start to notice all the beautiful things in your life and, you know, you can be grateful for even the most like minuscule things. Well, what happens is you attract more things to be grateful for. And that can come in the form of money that can come in the form of, you know, maybe even free things, you know, it could be like, Oh, you got like free groceries. Like the other day, it's like, I had like, I don't know. I was filling up on gas and it was like, I, I swiped my air miles card and it's like, Oh, like, do you want to redeem $10? And it's like, Oh sweet. Like I just got $10 for free. Like, you know, whatever. It's like, you start to recognize like that's abundance. Like that's someone pays for your coffee. Someone does this, like whatever it can be any little thing. And, um, so that's like one thing is really starting to like appreciate and be grateful for what you have. It's, you know, really tuning your mind, turning your mind to all the abundance around you because it's not just monetary. It's not just money in the bank. And I think we also have that a little wrong where we just associate abundance with money. Right. When, you know, abundance comes in so many beautiful forms. I mean, I even consider, um, I mean, being on this podcast is abundance because I'm able to share a message and share my, my views and, um, you know, be introduced to, you know, people who may not know me, that's abundance to me. Right. Um, what else is abundance? Like, you know, someone leaving me a podcast review, someone pay me a compliment like that that's abundance and when you start to see these things as abundance well more of that can come through um so that's that's one way and then um yeah overall like I then get to kind of the root cause like that's kind of where the most powerful and deep work comes from and my research and like the work that I've done which has been over a few years now Um, it comes down to our worthiness. It comes down to our belief that we are worthy and deserving of whatever it is we want. And self-worth comes up in so many different ways. And so often, I mean, you could sit here and say, Rach, but I feel so like worthy. I feel deserving. I know I deserve it. I know I deserve it. And that's great. Like consciously you believe you're worthy and deserving. But if we peel away some of those layers if you're not where you want to be financially and that flow isn't coming to you as rapidly or as easily as you desire, we've got to peel back some of those layers and understand, well, what is it that's standing in your way? And that's what can be a little complex about, I'm not saying complicated, but like complex about self-worth is that it's masked. You know, we've, we've lived with it for so long that it, it gets masked in a number of ways. And so to you, you may not recognize that as, you know, low self-worth or unworthiness, but if we dive a little deeper and kind of with my method and processes, we're able to, to identify it as that. Um, and not in a way to, you know, focus on it and live in it, but in a way to bring it to the surface so we can release it and we can rewrite it. Um, and so that's, I would say a great deal of my money mindset work is around worth is around worthiness. And it's been my deepest, deepest growth and transformation. Even still like, you know, with each new level, I, I, you know, work up or, you know, each new, yeah, I guess each new level, right. Because we're always growing and evolving that's, and that's like the next layer is always like peeling back more of this unworthiness, which, you know, only gets presented to us when we're ready to, to, you know, heal it. Right. It's revealed when it's ready to heal. Yeah. No, you brought up so many interesting points. I want to learn more about like the techniques that you specifically use with like clients in that regard. But one of the things I found interesting was like money mindset, even like being rooted back to like your childhood Mm -hmm. and like, and this is like no diss to my parents. We literally joke about this all the freaking times. It's so funny, but like 
they like my dad's a farmer and he still is and my, like, my dad but I, I grew up on a farm did you know that no I didn't maybe you <laughs> can resonate with this son of a bit yeah totally. like, like my family like has a very successful farm and has for years but like just how farmers talk it's just like hilarious they're like oh man like like needs rain like like basically it made it seem like as a kid but like I didn't understand like the sarcasm so they're like oh like pretty much we're gonna have to eat hot dogs like every day like and I'm like oh my god like we're we're gonna have to like sell the house and like blah blah meanwhile I have no concept of like the money that goes into farming right and that like they have crop insurance and like all this stuff right yeah oh my god like this is the end for me like like oh, i'm gonna eat hot dogs every day and i don't even like hot dogs <laughs> i'm a vegetarian no, yeah I'm it doesn't even make sense um so it's funny because i think like me like i recognize that i carried a lot of that into like my like adult years and we joke about it now like my family because like even now my dad's like oh yeah like oh like things are dry like I'm like oh get over it like you know what I mean <laughs> I mean you say the same thing every year you're either complaining about too much rain not enough rain yeah oh like, my god yeah the weather they I swear that's so funny like all they talk about right so it yeah. is interesting and like obviously mine is specific to like my family and like how farmers like talk and it wasn't just my dad it was other farmers in the community like just how they chit chat about like crops but um, mm -hmm. I'm sure there's so many other examples too that kids have that like they bring into their, like, their adulthood around money and like maybe yeah, totally. parents spoke about it and like how they grew up. Yeah. And even, you know, how your parents, you know, so like your grandparents, your great grandparents, like what they, you know, what they taught you about uh, or what, you know, they passed on about money um, because, you know, their, their like wealth consciousness can be generational, right? So it can be passed on. Um, you know, so if your parents had, you know, grew up in, you know, lower income environments or they, you know, like based on what they witnessed, it's like that, that can also be impacted. That can also get passed down. So, I mean, yeah, you know, think of it this way, cause I study the subconscious mind. So, you know, from the ages of zero to seven, we're sponges, like we are walking subconscious minds. Right. So what we pick up on and learn at, you know, within that, that, um, uh, time frame is is when we're the most impressionable like that's typically when we pick up the majority of our programming and you know then from 7 to 14 it's it's more conditioned right it's more um yeah like what we're learning um from you know who we're surrounding ourselves with etc um but yeah, it's really interesting. And I do so because I'm NLP certified, which is neurolinguistic programming, the study in basic terms, it's the study of the language of our subconscious mind. So understanding um, how the subconscious mind works, there's techniques that I, um, you know, employ that enable me to bypass the conscious mind, you're not necessarily hypnotized, I also do hypno hypnosis, but this you know particular technique i'm able to bypass the conscious mind and we're able to get to the root cause of different limiting beliefs or or negative emotions and again emotions have such a strong um yeah like they have such a strong impact on our um on our beliefs in in our values and so um we can go back, we can identify the root cause. So it could be generational, it could even be past life, um, or it could be, you know, in this life. So we're able to go back, identify the root cause, and then release it effectively. Um, it's really powerful getting to that point because um, we're not going back. It's not like other forms of therapy where you're, you know, talking about the motion, the emotion or the event and and living in it. We're we're actually doing the opposite. We're, we're completely bypassing kind of the emotional triggers um, associated to the event and really just um, taking from it what we need to learn in a positive way. And our subconscious mind knows and remembers everything. Consciously, we may not be aware because the subconscious mind wants to preserve and protect us. It wants to keep us safe. And so it may repress certain memories or emotions um, for, or for our own protection or what it deems as our own protection. Um, 
And then, yeah, I do hypnosis. I'll do tapping. I love tapping. Like I mentioned, it's part of my regular um, ritual. Um, what else do I do? I mean, there, there's, I honestly have like a whole, I call it kind of like a whole toolkit um, that I can kind of pull on. Um, lots of journaling is involved in that as well, because I, again, I think awareness is such a key component. Like, yeah, I mean, you, you just described like that, you know, that you're going to be eating hot dogs, like every night. It's like, you know, that like when you become aware that, wait, that's something that I heard over and over again, growing up, like, how did that impact me? Like you can start to connect the dots on your own. And I think unless we have that awareness, we're unable to do that. So it's really starting to like piece these things together, um, connecting the dots and through journaling, I find that's when I got to have my own like little aha or breakthrough moments. Right. Um, can you explain a little bit about like what tapping is and also the hypnotherapy? Because I mean, I've like seen it done, but like, I don't like fully understand it, but I find it so fascinating. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. So I'll explain tapping first. Yeah. So basically all tapping is, um, is you're, you're literally tapping. So it's EFT, emotional freedom technique or tapping. And what you do is you're tapping on different acupressure points in your body. So our energy flows, you know, in a, um, in a specific fashion, you know, and when our, our, um, acupressure points, when our energy meridian is aligned, it flows really, really effortlessly. And, and it's going in a, um, yeah, I guess it's just like, it's flowing. Whereas when we're impacted or we're affected by say an, a limiting belief or, you know, some sort of conflict or, you know, a negative emotion, our energy meridian kind of starts going a little spastic and it's kind of just like firing at all different angles and it's just, it's chaos. And so through tapping, we're able to bring that energy meridian back into alignment. Um, so you can tap for a number of different reasons. I like tapping to just like raise my vibes, but say for example, I'm like, you know, going through something or, you know, I'm waking up in the, in, in the morning, I'm just like feeling a little off. I'm able to tap on, um, a specific problem, you know, or, you know, say it's like I'm having problems with a client, which doesn't really happen, but, or maybe I'm having problems with like a friend or a family member or whatever, you know, I can kind of like tap through the problem. And so what you do is you acknowledge the problem. So you can say, even though like I've got this problem, you know, so-and-so is bothering me, you know, we're not seeing eye to eye, blah, blah, blah. You can kind of go through and then as you go through the sequence, you'll start to shift the energy. So you may start by saying, even though we're not seeing eye to eye, even though, you know, we keep having these, the same argument, I'm willing to see it differently. I'm willing to see their side and you can start adding positive affirmation. So we never ignore the problem. We address it and we acknowledge it, but then we give, um, more attention to the energy of like healing, forgiving and moving past it. So that's if you're working through a problem specifically. And if you're just kind of tapping to raise the vibes, then, you know, you can just be like, today's going to be a really fucking good day. day." Um, So it can go in any number of ways, but either way, whether it's about the problem or whether it's just about feeling really good, you're going to feel good. You're going to feel a shift. You're going to feel energetically better after, um, after doing some tapping. Um, And then with hypnosis, essentially, it's just a deeply relaxing guided meditation. Um, So we put you into that theta state, state, which is, um, is, you know, where your, you know, subconscious mind is the most activated. And in that state, you're the most suggestible. So that means you're in, um, you're in a state of relaxation, your conscious mind is starting to shut down, but your subconscious mind and your subconscious mind never shuts down. Your subconscious mind is always fired on. So when we, again, bypass the conscious mind, when we kind of put that to sleep, you're suggestible. So that's why hypnosis can be so powerful and so effective is because we can go back, we can do some deep healing. So whether it's inner child healing, whether that's, you know, generational trauma, whether that's past life, whatever it it can be anything um and any of the affirmations that um or or mantras or or suggestions that you want to provide the subconscious at that time um you're more likely to accept it Uh, you're more likely to and and it can and 
to me, it's one of the most powerful tools for um, effective reprogramming. You know, it, it creates new neural pathways. It strengthens um, our subconscious, um, yeah, programming, and you know, allows us to heal and um, you know remove old stories and old blocks that no longer serve us. Interesting. And like, sorry, I'm getting like super granular in my head. Cause I'm like, how would this look? So like, you're literally like laying down or in a relaxed state. And like, is it like when you're going to be in like a meditative state, like I don't recommend clients or people to like fully lay down. Okay. Um, but like you could be like, say you're on your couch, your legs could be, you know, up okay. uh, and just like your body upright, kind of like you can see me here. Um, or you could be cross-legged and you could okay. sit in like a meditative state. So yeah, I mean, it, it, uh, yeah, you could lay down, but most, most hypnotherapists or people who do hypnosis don't suggest that because your chances of falling asleep are greater because you are actually so relaxed yeah. and it's not a problem if you do fall asleep. It's not like you're not going to see the results, um, but yeah, it. <laughs> like, the, like you're talking about like past life and generational things and like peeling back those layers. So like when someone is in a state of hypnosis, like are they like seeing visuals? Are they hearing things? Like, what is that like for clients? Yeah. So everyone's different. So we have different, um, everyone represents, um, internally different. Like everybody has different internal representation. So for me, I'm more kinesthetic, which means I feel things more when I go into a quote unquote visualization, I'm not necessarily seeing everything crystal clear and super vibrant, um, and playing out like a movie, Whereas some people do, some people are very visual and they can see it so crystal clear. Whereas for me, I have more of this sensation, more of this feeling or knowing. Some people are auditory, so they hear things. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's gustatory, which is taste, um, and olfactory, which is smell. So, you know, but sometimes it's a mix of all the senses. So I don't want to say that, yeah, they're seeing, they're visualizing, but the intent is that you're using language, which is very descriptive which will call upon different sensations, call upon different senses, um, which heighten your experience. So yeah, like, again, like I do see visuals, but they're not like, I know that some of my clients are so visual and like, that is just so like crystal clear. It's like, they're watching like a full screen movie at a theater. Whereas for me, it's like never like that. It's, it's more like, I, I do get the feelings. I do get the sensations. Um, and more of like a vague kind of like image of what it is, but I just know what that image is, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah and everyone's different. Everyone, everyone does um, have different ways to represent. Um, yeah. Uh, they're, yeah. That's the so hypnotic, hypnotic suggestion. Yeah. yeah. And like, do you suggest like journaling after like some things I'm assuming a lot can like come up from like a session? Yeah it's like often I do yeah yeah to totally so I definitely recommend journaling after and not even like immediately after if you're not called to it but as you start having these like light bulb aha moments and you remember like after a hypnosis or you know after you know any of the techniques that I do um there's this integration phase so right away you may feel like a bit of a shift but what's happening beneath the surface that you're not consciously aware of yet is the, the reprogramming is the rewiring is that reintegration. And so it typically can happen over the next few hours, over the next few days, few weeks, um, even months. So it, you know, yeah, it, it's like, you can grab your journal right away if you want to like write whatever came up. But, you know, I, I just suggest that as you become aware of like, how you're doing things differently or thinking about things differently and showing up differently and acting differently, all these things, just starting to pay attention to it and reflecting on. And if you're called to journaling, anything that, um, yeah, that's resonating with you or anything that's coming up for you. Um, I personally love doing the journaling aspect, but not everyone does. So it's more of like a, a suggestion, but I think it's highly effective if you do. I think it's also nice to go back to those journaling um entries and remind yourself of like oh yeah shit like this was my this is what came up for me and and you know because that can be enough to like change your whole life and like transform yeah how you show up in the world differently love that one yeah. 
one other thing, which I feel like is probably connected to like all of these things. And I know it's something you talk about too, is manifestation. Um, obviously this could be a whole podcast episode on its own. So we won't like yeah. it. But can you kind of explain like what it is and like how you practice it or maybe like some ways that people can start practicing it? Because I think it's like, you know, we hear about things like tapping, we hear about journaling and meditation, but if you're not, or you've never done these things, it can like seem overwhelming. It's like, where do I start? Like with manifestation and like all these things. Yeah. Um, Okay. Where do I start with that? I feel like manifestation also comes down to worthiness. I think um, money, manifestation, mindset, a lot of it comes down to worth. So first things first is becoming um, very clear on what it is that you're wanting to manifest. You know, being as clear um, and specific as possible is important because having a vague or wishy-washy desire, you know, can make it challenging for the manifestation to come through. And remember, manifestation is basically the law of attraction. So you're able to use your thoughts, use your energy to attract and magnetize what you desire to yourself. Um, However, once you become clear with what you just what you want it's also really important to assess any stories or beliefs or fears or doubts or anything that comes up that raises a bit of a red flag you know any sort of ickiness or discomfort when you state it even though it's something you want we need to also really be aware of well what is standing in our way right now of getting it because again the programming the conditioning the beliefs that we've you know accepted as true the stories that we've you know decided to believe like those run underneath the surface and so often when i get clients to do it's like okay let's write down your manifestations let's clear get clear on it but I want you to start paying attention to when you state it out loud or when you read about yourself or when you you know think about it. Is there anything that comes up that is kind of like, Oh no, like it's not available to me or, Oh, but like, what if this, or what if that, or like those indicators are really important for you to be aware of because it shows you where you need to heal and grow in order to truly welcome that manifestation in. And I could go on and on and on and on about that. Honestly, like I really could, but in my experience, it's like, you know, consciously we're stating these desires, consciously we're casting our manifestation, but it's the unconscious program, the unconscious story that is what will determine how easily or how quickly, or even if we will receive that very thing. And so in order to receive it, we've got to release whatever's standing in your way, got to raise that worth because the worthiness is, is a major, major piece, which is part and parcel with, you know, releasing anything standing in your way is like, naturally, you're going to increase your self worth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I do a lot of identity work. So that version of you that has the manifestation that you want, how is he or she showing up? What is she doing differently? How is she feeling? How is she acting? Because embodiment, you know, um, higher self embodiment or higher self activate uh, activation, um, puts you in the frequency, puts you in the vibration of that manifestation. And when you do that, again, it's that quantum leap into, you know, a different dimension or quantum leap into a different timeline um, that hosts the manifestation, you know, because there's a timeline where you have everything you you desire. And again, I could go really deep with yeah. that. I don't know if we have time for that, but yeah, ultimately, you know, get clear with it. Um, identify any resistance and any blocks that, you know, um, stand in your way of you truly believing that you can have it because that, that's the belief piece, you know, it's ask, receive, you know, ask, believe, receive is like the three, the common three prong manifestation approach. But I feel like they kind of like brush over the belief because it's not enough to say, Oh, I believe I'm worth it. I believe it can come to me. It's like your programming underneath is often telling a different story, which is why if money feels hard to come by or why relationships don't quite work out or why any other big dream or manifestation you have is slow to come to you or is not coming to you at all, it's the programming we need to to, um, look at in order to release it, in order to raise 
really raise your believability meter um, and raise the belief that you're worthy and deserving of having it. Um, and then actively stepping into that version of you that already has it, you know, just knowing that it's coming to you, knowing that it's um, a done deal because you've cast that net, you've put it out there. So the universe does the rest of the work, the how, the timeline, none of that is your biz. It's the universe's job then to bring it to you. Um, and so that receiving um, is really just about you having faith. Um, and without belief, faith can't be present. So it's like, one can't come before the other. It's this like, it, that's why it's a process. And it's quite scientific. If you, you know, think about, you know, the involvement of the subconscious and how potent that is to the whole mix. Interesting. Yeah. You brought up like a lot, of, and I won't get into it because this would just be like another like hour long conversation. But like, I like what you mentioned too about like, how do you feel when you write these things down? Cause I had a mentor who was like, okay, like I want you to write down like your goals. And I, this is like me. I'm just such a practical person. I was like, I would love just like a modest home and like blah blah blah. And she's like, no, like, like dream big, honey. Yeah, she's like, um, like no. She's like, use her example. I want to write my own book and I want to do it in Italy. And I was like, oh, gotcha. <laughs> and like literally, I'm like, I'm just like a modest home with a yard and a dog. And she's like, um, not getting it. And I was like sorry I'm just like my practical like brain is like really taking over right now and it's like so then I started thinking and I'm like well I'd love to do like xyz and then I was like immediately went to that like oh that's just ridiculous like oh mm. like you know what I mean so I mean that excessive or whatever yeah yeah so I think it's interesting that you brought that up because I definitely noticed myself being like already a super practical person I was like well that just doesn't seem like realistic like, <laughs> blah 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 so I love that you brought that piece up too yeah totally and also like for people who want to maybe just like start like manifesting like what's like one just like really simple way to do it whether it's like write it down like I don't know do it in a meditation like what mm -hmm. would you suggest yeah definitely writing it down um you know so you can get clear and you can get as specific with it as possible um, and then, you know, really try to picture yourself having it, you know, getting yourself. And again, whether you're visual, you're auditory, you're kinesthetic or any of the other senses, like, you know, put yourself into the feels of what that would be like if you had it, you know, really like activate that. Um, cause that's really powerful. It, you know, when people say visualization, like that visualization is very powerful. I think people get kind of hung up because not everyone is visual. So it's yeah. kind of confusing or or maybe off-putting because they're like but I don't I don't visualize I don't know how to see things so just represent it you know what does it feel like what does it sound like what is it what does it look like smell like taste like all of the things you know maybe it's a combination um you know because that's gonna that's gonna activate your your subconscious in a really um powerful way and when you can see yourself as having it then you know you know like that that also increases your belief in, in the ability to attract it. Um, and then I'm going to say it again is, you know, like say, say your goal has to do with money, you know, and, and maybe it's coming because maybe it's coming up because, you know, you're feeling right now that you don't have a lot of it or, you know, the supply is, is feeling low or whatever. Just first of all, there's an infinite supply. Um, and the quickest way to access that infinite supply is through gratitude, you know? So during the manifestation process, remain incredibly, you know, deeply grateful, um, uh, for where you're at and what you have. And, um, when you focus on the gratitude and you focus on the good things, more comes to you, more can come your way. Um, you know, manifestations can't come through if you're so wrapped up and caught in what you don't have the lack, the scarcity. So flipping that, flipping that switch and changing um, the dialogue that you have about, you know, your present situation, it's going to have greater results. You're going to have greater results that way. Amazing. Well, I mean, I have like 20 more questions, which I'm not going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> I went on like a couple tangents there. Oh no, I love it. Like all of this was such amazing information. And I also appreciate you sharing your story and also being like so transparent about everything because 
I think that just like helps people resonate, you know, with your story and maybe like certain parts of it, maybe they're in that right now or have kind of gone through something similar. So I just want to thank you so, so much for sharing yeah. your story, all your wisdom. I can't wait for this episode to go live yeah. again sometimes so we can like literally yeah, do the part two. <laughs> do part two. Um, but where can people find you online? Yeah, so probably Instagram is the easiest. Okay. I'm at Freedom Reach with two H's on Instagram. Um, you can come check me out there, follow along. Um, I also have a podcast. It's called That Freedom Life Podcast. It's on Spotify and iTunes. Um, and if you want to check out, you know, what I do for for business, like what my you know offers are, you can check out freedomschool.co.co um, to see some of the different offers and programs I have. But I think that's, yeah, those are like the best places to find me. Awesome. I will make sure I include all that in the show notes so people can find you. Thank and you. thanks again. This was, oh, I just loved this conversation. I feel like I learned so much selfishly. So <laughs> isn't that why we have guests on our podcast? So it's like, I want to learn from them and I'm just going to, you yeah. know, take as much from it as I can. Oh, I do the same. <laughs> I love that. Well, thank you. And I can't wait to do this again. Yeah. Thanks girl. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode and don't forget to join the conversation over on socials at Simply Nick Nutrition and online at simplynicknutrition.com. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode and don't forget to join the conversation over on socials at Simply Nick Nutrition and online at simplynicknutrition.com.